Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we've been going through the series, The Transformed Life, last few weeks. And last week, we looked at this very passage, which is uh, Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 13, with regards to the issue of transformed attitudes, about how we are, as we deal with each other, have different attitudes, different attitudes towards each other, especially in the area of judging each other concerning what I mentioned last week were the gray areas. Things that really the Bible doesn't necessarily speak to. Now, there's a lot the Bible does speak to. Like the Bible says, don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery. Those are things that are specific, and really those are not up for discussion. But there's a lot of other areas that, like for instance, dress or music, that really the Bible doesn't give outright, definite things that you and I are to do. And and really, Paul's talking about that with reference to the issue. In his day, was the issue of eating meat offered to idols. And so those who ate were judging those who didn't eat. Those who didn't eat were judging those who ate. So we talked about the issue of transformed attitudes. During the week after I preached that message, I was thinking about this passage and something beneath the surface of these verses struck me like it has never struck me before. Because when you look at the issue of what's going on there and what was happening back there in Paul's day with these Roman Christians, there was this group that were weak in their faith who were upset with those who were strong. There's a message there. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about transformed commitment from the same passage. I want to talk about some things that are right here in the passage that you and I need to see and really you and I need to examine our life in light of because when you look at what the real issues are that's going on here, their situation, their circumstance, their commitment level is completely different than what we have in the church today. So let me read with you the passage, and then we'll kind of go through this verse by verse. And I want to make some points today about transformed commitment. See, if you've given your life to Christ, if you have told Him, Lord, I am Yours, I trust in You, use me, it's not just going to be reflected in transformed attitudes and how you deal with each other. It's going to be reflected in your commitment level towards Jesus and specifically towards several different areas. So I want you to notice with me. Look with me at verse 1, and we'll read this passage again that we read last week. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let him who eats despise him who does not eat. Let him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. 
One person esteems one day above another. Let another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats to the Lord for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord he does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself. And no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. To this end, Christ died and rose again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why should you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Here's what I want you to notice, a couple things here. Let me remind you of the context, first of all, then you'll understand what I was thinking. What was happening here was this. This is a new church. In Paul's day, they probably weren't very old. New church, primitive church, right there in the city of Rome. We're not really sure who started this church. Some speculate Peter started the church, although that's not very not possibly not possible at all, because by the time this letter is being written, Peter hasn't even come to Rome yet. Paul hasn't even been there yet. More than likely, it was started probably by a group of Christians who made their way from Palestine into Rome and started the church. So here's this church. And what was happening is this. They were a mixture of people. They had people who were coming to faith in Christ, That is, they were being saved out of their paganism. And in their paganism, they were worshiping in the temples and they were making sacrifices in the temples. And what was happening is is when you made a sacrifice in a temple, you would bring an ox or a goat or whatever and you would offer it up there in the temple as a sacrifice to whatever the god was, whether it was Zeus or Apollo or Athena, the goddess of love, or Venus or whoever, that's another name for her. And what the, what the priest of that temple would do was, is maybe he would burn part of it, but then what they would do is, is they would sell the good parts. So for instance, we're not going to be roasting that rump roast here. We're going to sell it at the market. You know, we've got to sell those ribs. You know, we'll offer up the, you know, we'll offer up the neck or something, or maybe hopefully the tongue. We'll offer that up. But we're not going to offer up the choice cuts of that beef. And so what they would do then is they would sell that meat then that had been offered in the local market. So in the church, they would have these individuals who were, first of all, who had been saved for a long time, who were mature, but they would also have brand new Christians. And this is the ones that Paul is calling weak in the faith. And these brand new Christians, they, in their mind, they're thinking this meat was offered to an idol, to a false god. So we can't eat it. And the mature Christians realize an idol's nothing. It's just a piece of wood or a piece of rock or a piece of gold that's been fashioned into a god. It's nothing. Meat's meat. God gave us meat. Enjoy the meat. And so what would happen was there was a dispute that arose. There was an argument that would take place between the weak who would say, oh, that's sin to eat that, and the mature who were saying, well, you're just immature. You don't understand. 
And so they were having disputes there. And this is the issue that Paul is talking about in this passage. And this is the issue that we talked about last week, about the transformed attitudes that we need to have towards each other. But here's what came to me during the week as I was thinking about this passage. These new Christians, when they came to Jesus, they had a sensitivity that I don't see today in people who come to Jesus today. They had a sensitivity to sin. Even if it wasn't necessarily sin. They were sensitive to be sure that their life was lived in a way that would not be offensive to God. You know what I'm talking about? So even if that meat, and ultimately Paul says later, like in his letter to the Corinthians, that that meat is nothing. It's just meat. God gave you meat. Enjoy the meat. Enjoy that burger. Enjoy that burger or that steak. But what he was saying to them is that there's these folks there, they were new in the faith. You ever notice when you, and I recognize this, there are some when they come to Jesus, they so want to turn from their old lifestyle and embrace the new of Christ that anything from the old is wrong. They won't even go to the same places anymore. They won't even do the same things because they have a sensitivity to sin. Here's what I'm going to say to you. My first point is this. With a transformed commitment to Christ, because we've given Him our life, what I see from this passage that is missing today in our lives is that we need to have a sensitivity to sin. You understand what I'm saying? We need to have a sensitivity to sin anymore. We, we're lacking that sensitivity to sin. Now, you know, in, in some ways, I can almost see why, because in, in years ago in church, we had a rule for everything. You can't do this, you can't do that, you had to dress this way, you couldn't dress that way, you had to carry this, can't do that, can't go here, can't do this, can't do that. You can't even go enjoy steak at the branding iron on Wednesday night. Just can't do it. Why? I don't know why, you just can't. And there was no reason why you were told. Or they spiritualized the reason why. What has happened then is in our rejection of rules just for the sake of rules, we have swung all the way over here now to the point where we say we can do anything. And there's no longer a sensitivity to what's right and what's wrong anymore. There's no longer a sensitivity. In fact, we have swung because for years we were way over here where we made up rules. I mean, we sat around and we had committee meetings thinking of new rules for you to live by that you shouldn't do stuff. Some of you are nodding your head. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. New rules. In fact, whenever the new preacher came, guess what? A new set of rules. New set of rules. In fact, because he, he, he had a whole bunch of new rules he wanted to share with you. Excuse me, not share, impose. So what we then did do was we ran all the way over here and said, you know what? That's bondage over there. I want freedom. I want to do my own thing. And so we have. So guess what we did? Whereas before we were looking in the Word of God trying to think of new rules, we're now over here thinking about what we can pick and choose for our life. We're now thinking in terms of, well, you know, I know the Word of God says this, but you know what? That doesn't fit me. I don't need to listen to that one. And if you notice, we have our own idea anymore about what's right and what's wrong in the church. Have you noticed that? 
In fact, we've gotten to where, like it says in the book of Judges, you ever notice in the book of Judges, there's a phrase that occurs over in the book, over and over in the book of Judges that says, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so the first thing that comes out of this passage that I think you and I need to be aware of is this. That if I'm going to have transformed commitments, if I'm going to have a transformed life that God's calling me to, I need to have a sensitivity once again, to sin. I need to be sensitive to what's right and what's wrong. I'm not talking about the rules that we were talking about over here. I mean, silly rules. You know, silly rules like you can't have facial hair. Where did that one come from? Jesus had a beard. How do you know that? Because in Isaiah, when it describes him being beaten in Isaiah 53, it says they literally tore the hairs off his face. Now, if Jesus can have a beard, do you think you can too? You see my point? My point. See, we need to forget all the rule stuff, but yet have a sensitivity. Yet have a sensitivity to the sin in our lives. See, now, you see, we've gone to the reverse in our society, in church in general, because we want everybody to come to Christ. We don't want anybody rejecting, so we water it down now, the commitment. We water it down to where all you've got to do is pray a prayer, but you can keep on living the way you're living. So when you and I look at this passage, so when I think about this passage during the week, and I look at the issue of these new Christians, and that they were so sensitive to the issue of sin in their life, we can't even comprehend what they're talking about. Because that's not what we talk about. In fact, if anybody's sensitive to sin anymore, it's the mature. They're the ones who are worried about sin, whereas it was reversed back then. The mature in Christ had learned to grow in Christ and they weren't as sensitive as the newer person in Christ was. So the first thing I would share from this passage for you, if we're going to have transformed commitments to Christ, we need to be sensitive about sin. We need to be sensitive about the issue of sin in our lives. So let me ask you a question. What are you picking and choosing in your life? Say, what do you mean, George? Look, I'm not talking about over here where we have all these rules can't read Sunday comics on Sunday. No, I'm not talking about that. But why are you over here, and when you read the Word of God, and it specifically talks to you about an attitude, or it specifically talks to you in a specific sense about an action, you're picking and choosing whether or not you want to believe that or not. Why? Why? See, if I'm going to have a transformed commitment, I need to have a sensitivity to the fact that I need to listen to what he's talking to me over here and say yes to what I need to say yes to and specifically say no to what I need to say no to. The other thing I want you to notice from this passage that has struck me and that is, and this is the next part of this whole issue of commitment is is that I not only need to have a greater sensibility to sin in my life. I need to have a greater sensibility to the judgment of God in my life. Because here's the other dynamic that we've done. We've taken our Christianity and the gospel and we have presented the gospel and say, all you need to do is pray this prayer and you'll be okay. And here's what we've done. 
we've, no, we've now said that basically I'm giving you card block. Let's say this is the master card. Master meaning Jesus. And I have just given you a bank account drawn on the blood of Jesus Christ so that whenever you do something wrong, you just need to make a withdrawal on the blood of Christ and he'll take care of it. So you can do whatever you want to do. You having a bad hair day? Go right ahead. Have it. Who cares what your spouse thinks? Who cares what your fellow worker thinks? You just do what you're doing. You're having a bad hair day. And so we think because I've got forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9 is the verse written at the bottom of it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You just go ahead and do it, baby. You do what you want to do. And what we need to see is is that is removing a dynamic that Paul's talking about here in this passage. It's not just that I need to be sensitive to the sin in my life. I need to be sensitive to the fact that one day, even though I'm saved, God's going to judge me. Can I be honest with you? The judgment even is now. You say, what do you mean now? I was doing some studying this week as I write the Sunday school lessons months ahead of time for our Sunday school time. And I was studying the passage in, in 1 Corinthians 11 concerning the Lord's table. And he talks about their partaking in the table unworthily. And he talks about that even so that some of you now are sick or even are asleep, meaning dead, because you partook in the table unworthily and so God judged you. And it says that God judges you now so that you don't have to experience hell later. See, you and I need to become sensitive to the fact of God's judgment. And notice what he says here. Look with me, verse 11. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. See, if I'm going to have a transformed commitment that comes out of my transformed life, I'm not just going to be sensitive to sin. I'm going to be sensitive to the fact that one day i got to stand before Jesus and explain myself. One day i got to stand before Jesus and give an account of my actions. One day i got to stand before Jesus and give an account of my attitudes. One day, here's the bottom line. This is is scary. This this is what Jesus said in in the Gospels. And that every idle word shall be judged. I've got to give an account of what comes out of my lips. Isn't that interesting? Jesus said himself that out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. See, I'm not talking about, so don't get scared here now. George is talking about, I may have to go to hell. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Don't listen to me. Listen to me now. That's not what I'm talking about. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ and you know Him as your personal Savior and you're trusting in Him alone and His shed blood for salvation, you're saved. You're not going to experience hell. But that does not mean you're not going to stand before Him and give an account of how you're living your life now. See, Paul, he's talking to these believers. He's got a group here that's really sensitive to sin. He's got another group that are the mature that are saying, hey, it's okay to eat food, whatever you want to do. Man, just enjoy life. It's okay. 
lighten up a little bit, they're saying over to this other group. And so they're judging each other. And Paul's saying, look guys, you need to quit with the arguing stuff because don't you realize that one day you're going to have to stand before God and give an account for your life. You're going to have to stand before God and answer for why you're doing what you're doing. See, we've got to grasp that reality. God calls us to live differently. Are you aware? You know, it's been more... I don't know what's going on with Maybe it's old age. Maybe I'm getting old. My hair is gray. I got a picture of a friend yesterday. I said to Laura, I think he's dying his hair. She said, you're just jealous. My hair hasn't... I'm not dying my hair. And so I'm, I'm getting older. Only as I'm getting older, I'm getting more sensitive to, what, to the fact that Jesus is coming. And I'm getting more sensitive to the fact that one day I'm going to stand before God. Well, this is very real to me. And you get sensitive to those issues. That one day I'm going to look into the face of Christ. And the reality then becomes, okay, everything else has got to come into focus then. So, okay, George, how are you treating your wife? How are you treating your kids? How are you treating people around you? How are you... What, what kind of words are coming out of your mouth because one day you've got to answer for it to him. And I'm even thinking about, gosh, Lord, I wish I could take back what I said years ago. And isn't how interesting you remember the silly things you say. And we need to begin to live that way because then you begin to realize and think about how you're living now. Because here's the point. Here's the other point I want you to see about the transformed commitment. It's not just a sensitivity to sin. It's not just a sensitivity to God's judgment. Here's my final point. It's a sensitivity to how you live in your life now. See, they're all interconnected. The issue of sin, the issue of judgment, and then the final one. It's a sensitivity to how you're living your life now. Because notice what he said. Let me read it to you. Look with me. Verse 5. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observe it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. He who does not eat, to, to the Lord he does not eat, and gives God thanks. None of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. The next thing I want you to see, the final thing I want you to see about this whole issue of a transformed commitment is not just that I'm sensitive to sin. It's not just that I'm sensitive to the issue of God's coming judgment that I've got to give an account to Him. The final thing I want you to see there is that I am sensitive to how I'm living my life. And see, this goes back to the issue that we talked about here a couple of weeks ago. We compartmentalize our lives. You know, I'm this way at work. I'm this way at home. I'm this way at school. I'm this way by myself. I'm this way with my buddies. I'm this way at church. And so we've got all these different things that we're doing here. And it's almost like we're so complex we don't even know who we are anymore. Have you noticed that? We've got people that they're acting one way. And in fact, we get embarrassed if somebody from work shows up over here with home and they're like, oh man, 
I don't know you because you're not that way of work. And we sure don't want our buddies coming to church because we're in a different way with our buddies, aren't we? And what we need to be is sensitive to the fact that we need to live our life, our whole life, that's everywhere to the Lord. In fact, in another place in the, in, in the New Testament, Paul says this, do all to what? To the glory of God. So let me ask you something. You're here this morning to the Lord. But when you get in the car and you're driving home, and some guy isn't driving like you drive, he drives worse, and he's cutting you off, are you going to yell at him to the Lord? Or if you decide, you know, honey, let's just hang it up. I know we got all that turkey from last night's banquet just sitting in the fridge there that we got to eat up, but let's do, let's do McDonald's or let's do Pizza Hut. I know we're crazy for driving town, but let's do it. And the waitress gets your order wrong, are you going to be who you are to the Lord? Tomorrow at work, are you going to be who you are to the Lord? At home, are you going to be who you are to the Lord? Or is it just here? See, that's my point I want you to see. What I want you to see is, is Paul is telling us that a transformed commitment is, has a sensitivity to how you're living your life. And how you live your life is that you live all of it, every area of it, to God. Every area of it to God. So what am I saying? Every one of us, including myself, as we think about the whole issue of giving our life to God, and we're saying to Him, Lord, transform us from the inside out by Your Word. Help us to be a transformed person. It's going to have to be reflected, not just in our attitudes. But this passage also tells us it's going to have to be reflected in our commitments. And ultimately, our commitment to God. And as I become transformed in my commitment to God, I need to, number one, be sensitive to sin and ask God to help me be sensitive to sin. In fact, here, can I tell you how to pray? God, make me aware of whatever displeases you. Make me aware of whatever displeases you in my life. And listen, if you pray that prayer, I guarantee you He'll answer it. In fact, he may even answer at that moment because immediately you'll be thinking about what it is. And I'll be honest with you, our natural tendency is to say, oh, well, I wasn't thinking about that God. Yeah, but he was. Start thinking about asking God to be sensitive to sin. Next thing, be sensitive to the fact that one day you're going to be standing before God. This life is short. The Bible describes it as a vapor, a flicker of a candle. We have a lot of candles going on here. And, you know, what will happen is that somebody will come by and... Blow them out. That's life. And one day you'll stand before and see the face of Jesus. Be sensitive to the fact of the coming judgment. The final thing is be sensitive to how you're living your life now. Let me ask you two things. Number one, are you making excuses for sin in your life? Don't brush over that question. Think about it. Are you making excuses? You know what the sins are. Are you making excuses? You say, well, you know, I got so sick of being over here, George, with all the rules. Yep, I understand. I got sick of it too. But that doesn't mean I sweep the baby out with the bathwater. I recognize what are man-made, but then I see what God wants me to do. And let me tell you something. What God wants me to do, that's hard enough as it is. Forget all that other stuff over here. Are you making excuses for sin in your life? 
You know what? We've got to be honest with ourselves, and including myself. We're good at making excuses. It's everybody else's fault. Are you making excuses? Number two, do you recognize that even in spite of the excuses, you still got to answer? You still got to answer. And then finally, live your life for God. Live your life for God. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.